Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Before we go ahead and read from the Word of God, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your Word together. And as we do, we invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide, to instruct us in the way of righteousness and truth, and also to reveal, dear Father God, unto our hearts the deep, rich treasures of the Word. We believe to be quickened according unto your word that we, dear, dear Father, may walk as doers of the word and not hearers only and that the reality of your word will be made manifest in each and every one of our lives. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth in demonstration of the spirit of power. Hallelujah. That our faith would not stand in men's wisdom but in the power of the living God in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One of the most important verses... Of scripture with regard to the, the subject of divine healing is found here in Luke 6:17, and I'm going to read it to you as I said from the Amplified Bible. And Jesus came down with them and took his stand on a level spot with a great crowd of disciples, his disciples, and a vast throng of people from all over Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came. And here's why they came: they came to listen to him. And to be cured of their diseases. Notice they came to listen to him and to be cured of their diseases. They didn't just come to be cured. They came to listen to him and to be cured of their diseases. How does faith come? The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They came to listen to what he had to say. Now in Nazareth, his own hometown, they would not hear him. They wouldn't listen to what he had to say. They wouldn't follow his instructions. As a result of not believing in him and not following his instructions, they could not cooperate with God in order to receive. And there he could do no mighty works among them. He could not perform in Nazareth, his own hometown, the mighty works, signs, wonders, and deeds that he did in other places, other cities and villages because of their corporate unbelief. They would not listen to what he had to say. See, they were skeptics. They wouldn't receive what he had to say because they were doubters and unbelievers. Had no faith in his ministry whatsoever. And so there he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. Jesus said something here, didn't he? He said some things that they had to hear in order for them to receive healing from him. Because it says they came to listen to what he had to say and to be healed of their diseases. Now, I want you to notice the next verse, verse 18. Even those who were disturbed and troubled with unclean spirits. There were those that also were troubled with unclean spirits that were there listening to what he had to say. So these weren't just physical ailments. These also could have been emotional ailments as people were troubled by demonic influences. Also, unclean spirits mean that these people could have been caught up with the spirit of lust. Lusting over other things, which could have driven them to do you know, wrong things, immoral things before God. Okay? And they were being healed also. So they were being delivered and set free in spirit, soul, and body. See, the gospel of Christ is the total gospel for the total deliverance of the total man. And that's what Jesus preached. And he preached another message, I believe, that was of utmost importance as far as them experiencing faith or receiving faith. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he hath anointed me to preach and teach. And you know the story, the rest of the verse in Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me. And everywhere he went, he preached that message to let those people know that God's anointing was upon him. Now, we have the privilege of reading Acts 10.38 that says, And how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. And so here he tells these people that he is anointed, and that produces faith in their heart. And I can show you why in the next, the reason why in the next verse, he had to tell them that he was anointed. Look at the next verse, verse 19. And all the multitude were seeking to touch him. Why were they seeking to touch him? Because he was anointed. That's why. And he must have said something about them touching him. He must have been saying something about the fact that the Father has anointed me with healing power. And that healing power is tangible. It is the power of the living God that can flow into human lives. It can flow from one life to another. You know, it flows just like electricity. As a matter of fact, John G. Lake, who had a tremendous healing ministry, said that electricity is God's power in the natural. It can flow, and as it flows, of course, we know what it does. It can accomplish a lot of great things for us in life. As a matter of fact, we saw something that almost happened because it wasn't flowing. Isn't that right? I mean, we enjoy the light that we have and, uh, you know, the electrical current and the power that's in this place. But all of a sudden, what happens if it stops? We're in the dark. Pretty good illustration there, isn't it? We're in the dark. Well, he shared with them that the power of God he was anointed with would flow out from him into their lives or into their bodies and deliver them and set them free. And I know by knowing Jesus and what he taught... He said, I don't do the works. It's in my Father in me. He does the works. See, He has anointed me to pray for the sick. He has anointed me to heal the sick. But that power is in me because I've been anointed from on high. And it flows out from me and can flow into your body and set you free. Or deliver you and set you free or make you whole. Whatever it is. And even those that are possessed with demon spirits or influenced by demonic influences, they can be set free as they come into contact with that same power. Now, beloved... The power of God is a tangible substance. It's an absolutely tangible substance. It can be seen and you can even feel it. I know about you, but I have felt the power of God. Have you ever felt the power of God? It's like a warm substance that envelops you and flows into you. There is a power that is released into you that you can see is above any natural power. Amen. Now, I've seen the power of God. I've seen the, the, the presence of God's power in manifestation in, as it appeared in the glory cloud. I've seen that. And I've also felt that same power as it has entered into my body or as it has been released through my body. You know, we're all channels of God's power if we only believe that the greater one lives on the inside of us. But there is also different kinds of anointings that can be used to minister to people. You know, God anoints people to minister in certain ways to people. And you say, you know, why is it... This way, we're not God. We didn't put this thing together. It's His plan. Isn't that true? All we've got to do is learn to flow with it. And many times we just shouldn't challenge as much as we do what God does and the way He does different things. But I know this. The Bible talks about gifts of healings. Gifts, plural, of healings. Plural, right? Why? There are different kinds of gifts of healings that can be in operation in people's lives. In some cases, there will be those that are able to, to heal certain cases of sicknesses and diseases and being more successful in doing so than in healing other cases of sickness and disease. You say, why is that? I don't know. 
It's one manifestation of the Spirit of God that works one way in someone's life, yet in another person's life, they may be more successful in getting people delivered from something else. Now, we know that by faith, everybody can receive whatever it is their need, you know, is. They can receive that need met. But there are different manifestations of the power of God that flow in people's lives. For an example, during the healing revival, there was an individual who was anointed of God to have deaf ears and blind eyes to open up. And that person would have people come into his meeting and they would just line up at the altar, 30 or 40, and they were blind and deaf. He would just walk over to them, lay hands upon them, and their blind eyes would open up and deaf ears would open up just like that. Now, he might go and pray for somebody that had cancer and that person didn't get healed instantly like that from cancer. And you just, you know, go away amazed and, and, and you wonder sometimes. I guess this has to be true. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost without measure. I've said this before, I'll continue saying it. If we ever got that full dose, we'd probably explode. Do you know what I mean by that? We'd probably explode. I believe collectively and corporately we can achieve greater things. But my goodness, to rise up to that place, this body of ours might explode. I know when the anointing has come upon me, my goodness, it's so hard to stand up under it. And then after a while, it seems like, you know, all your strength has just been gone. God's power is a wonderful thing. And I'll tell you, God's a big God. Now, on the other hand, I've heard Brother Hagin say he's had more success in getting cancerous tumors to dissipate in people's bodies than anything else. Cancerous tumors. And he's had much success in getting people delivered and set free from cancer. That was one area where he had tremendous success, you know, during this particular time and still does. God's power is amazing. It's wonderful. It's marvelous at work. But we don't ever want to get to a place where we question everything and forget that God is still God. Let God be God and let's get as much faith as we possibly can. Let's learn as much as we can about the anointing and its flow and how God works. But let's develop our faith in the, in the Word of God and the power of the living God so that we can draw from Him all that we need to be set free in this life. Now, Jesus must have told these people that He was anointed with this power because they sought to touch Him. And then look at the rest of the verse. They were seeking to touch Him for healing power was all the while going forth from Him and cured them all, that is, saving them from severe illnesses or calamities. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that kind of power flowing right there amidst all those people? And who knows what kind of severe illnesses or calamities they were experiencing in their lives. It didn't matter what they were, they got free. But the point is, what's the difference between these people and those at Nazareth? Those at Nazareth would not listen to a thing Jesus said. And because they couldn't hear Him, they couldn't receive that power, and that power was ineffective as far as they were concerned. You see, faith is needed to draw the power of God. And faith, mixed with power, will cause things to happen in the spiritual world. But if a person doesn't have faith in God, and doesn't understand that faith comes from hearing the Word of God, then that person is going to have a difficult time if they try to come to Him without any knowledge. If they come with an unbelieving heart, as a skeptic, in other words, and just trying to see whether or not God will do something, 
See, then their heart is not right before Him and they're not going to be in a place or a position to receive from Him. But if they'll take the time to begin to realize that God has provided these things and open up their heart to get into the Word of God and find out what Jesus said about these things and begin to develop his or her own faith in God, then they'll tap into that same kind of power and they'll begin to draw from it and they can experience healing and deliverance in their physical bodies and also in their minds. Now, I recall when I first got saved, when I was first born again, I had a religious background, but I wasn't born again. And I found out that the Bible says a man must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. And that really troubled me because I never heard that before. So I dedicated my life, you know, to seek out the things of God for myself. And I did and found out that you must be born again to enter into the kingdom of God. And so once I found that out, I also discovered that there were many more things in the Bible that I knew nothing about. And so I searched the scriptures for myself and began to study for myself to find out what else, you know, God has provided for mankind. As I began reading in in Matthew's Gospel, I started there in the New Testament, I began to discover that Jesus went about healing all kinds of people. It moved me to my knees. I fell to the floor on my knees. I lifted up my heart to God and, and my hands and I said, You're such a good God. I said, Jesus, you're such a wonderful Savior. I didn't know that you did all this. You have such compassion and mercy. I never knew the power of God flowed out from you like that to to touch the hearts of so many people. I never recognized that before. I didn't know that before. And I was overwhelmed by the compassion of God. As a matter of fact, I have to admit to you, I was working in a mill. I was up in my old mill crane, you know, running a crane and all that when these things took place. And as I saw this for myself in the Bible, I was just moved, you know, to tears and compassion. That whole crane cab filled up with the compassion of God. I was touched in my heart to see that God was concerned about people's lives. He was concerned about whether or not a person was dying of a sickness or a disease. He was concerned about a man who had a withered hand. He was concerned about a person who was lame and had never walked. He was concerned about the blind. He was concerned about the deaf. He was concerned about the leper. When a leper came to him, he stretched forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou cleansed, or be thou made whole. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. He was concerned about somebody who was an outcast of society and had, had no place in society because of his sickness and his disease. Oh, and, and, and my heart just was overwhelmed with the compassion of God. I just began to look at Jesus in a different light. I never knew Him like this before. I had reality on the inside of me. And it made me hunger for the things of God. I continued to study the Word of God. I continued to find out how much He did. I I saw in the Bible there where some lady had lost her child. And the funeral procession was going on. He walked right over to the procession, found out what was going on. And He took the child and said, here, gave him back to his mother after he raised him from the dead. I looked at that and I just said, my goodness, what a wonderful Jesus you are. This isn't the Jesus I heard about. I hear people saying even today that Jesus doesn't heal the sick anymore. That miracles have been done away with. And all that's passed because the disciples, the apostles, you know, they've all died and all that. But I'm telling you, the more I read about what Jesus did, I find out that Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. I read there in Hebrews 13, 8, that very truth. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He is the same forever. There's still power flowing from the throne of God. There's still power flowing from the hem of His garment. Hallelujah. And it flows to every individual upon the face of the earth who will look to Him in faith and say, I'll listen to what you have to say and I'll touch you, Lord. Glory to God. That's what He's looking for. He's looking for our hearts 
to be flooded with faith and to say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I know you're a Savior. Jesus, I know you're a healer. I come to give you my life. Beloved, He wants us to give Him our lives. He wants us to give Him our souls. He wants us to give Him our bodies, our physical bodies. He wants us to be delivered and set free so that we can serve Him and do His will here upon this earth. And you see right here, the power of God, as it began to flow out from Him, it touched so many lives. And that's the point I want to bring to you tonight. The healing power of God was manifested, and this is in connection with the ministry of healing, was manifested because of God's compassion, not because of wanting to show the skeptics that He did miracles. He did not perform healings to show the skeptics who he was. He performed miracles of healing on people because of his compassion toward them. That's why he did it. Never forget this, beloved, because there's always going to be people out there saying this. I'll believe in these things if you'll show me a miracle. You say that you believe that God heals. You show me a miracle and then I'll believe. You know what, beloved? On occasions, God will do things like that. And you know, on occasions that I've seen it done, the same person walked away and said, well, I'd have to see something else. Or, I don't believe it was a miracle. As a matter of fact, there was a situation where I was involved in in telling somebody about Jesus and led this woman to the Lord and also told her about him being the healer and she got healed by the power of God supernaturally and instantaneously. Her husband was a non-believing person who did not believe in the things of God and would not uh, even open up his ears. The doctor said it was a miracle. They had a documented report that it was a miracle of healing. The power of God was in manifestation. But the fellow cursed God when he died. To his dying day, He said, it must have just been a figment of her imagination that she got healed. Can you imagine that? There are those that will still be skeptics no matter what God does or or what God shows them. But I want you to see this. Jesus does not heal the sick just to show that He's somebody. Just to prove Himself to somebody. He heals the sick based on compassion and His love for mankind and a suffering humanity. That's why He heals the sick. As a matter of fact, you recall that Jesus was asked to perform signs and wonders by the devil in his temptation. Satan said to him, if you indeed are the Son of God, make bread out of these stones. Did Jesus oblige him? No. He did not oblige him. Even to prove that he was the Son of God, he was not going to do something like that. But I read somewhere else in the Bible where he provided bread for 5,000 who were hungry so they wouldn't faint. Do you ever read that? He wouldn't turn one stone into a loaf of bread to prove he was the Son of God. But you know what? He fed 5,000. Didn't he? Can you say amen? amen? Absolutely. Also, when the devil said, just throw yourself off the, the temple and the angels have charge over you and they'll, they'll protect you from the fall. In other words, let's see if you can defy the law of gravity and prove that you are the Son of God. Did he oblige? No. He didn't oblige, did he? But I read somewhere else in the Bible when his disciples were in trouble out there on the water. Do you remember that story when there was a a little problem out there in the sea? He walked on the water. He walked to get to them and save them. 
He defied the law of gravity then, didn't He? Why? Because He had compassion for them. See? That's why He delivers people and sets them free. Not to show somebody who He is, but because He cares. Because of His compassion. And because of His great love for mankind and humanity. The healing ministry, beloved, is a ministry based on compassion for the sick and not providing signs and wonders for the skeptics. And I want to give you a statement about the healing ministry I believe that is very, very, very important to each and every one of us who strongly believes in it. And that statement is this. Divine healing is a reality based on God's Word and God's Word alone. It's not based on circumstances. A thousand... Healings does not prove it, and a thousand, a thousand failures do not disprove it. Did you hear that? A thousand healings doesn't make the promise of God stronger, and a thousand failures doesn't make the, 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 the Word of God weaker. It's all based on the Word of God. And the Word of God says, Jesus bore our sickness and carried our pain, and with His stripes we are healed. And He did that for His awesome love for mankind. He cares for us. And we have got to believe that. We've got to believe that He died on Calvary's cross for our sins so that we can be born again. He died on Calvary's cross for our sicknesses so that we can be free in our bodies from from sickness and disease that would destroy our lives. We also must believe He died on the cross for our mental anguish so that we could have peace of mind and deliverance in our emotional state. And He did all that because of His great love for us. He was, when He was on this earth, the presence and the power of the living God and the very heart of the Father God in manifestation. I believe that when Jesus reached out to a lost or a sick person, He did with the hand of love and compassion. His mercy for that person and toward that individual was so powerfully manifested that that person's need was met by the power of God that was in manifestation through him. And I believe today, beloved, in the church, we can have that same power and presence of the living God manifested among us if we only would search our own hearts and really ask ourselves, are we having the same kind of compassion toward our brother and sister as Jesus demonstrated when he was here on the earth? Or are we just concerned about ourselves alone? I believe collectively we can create a habitation for God in our midst that is so powerful that we'll have things take place in our midst that took place in the book of Acts in chapter 5. And I want you to turn there with me just for a moment. In Acts chapter 5, we have got to see individuals that are afflicted and bound up by sicknesses and diseases as being individuals that God loves, that God cares for, that Jesus died for, our brothers, our sisters in the Lord, that we want free. We long to see each other free. We care about each other so much that we want them to be free. We want each other to be free. We've got to have the same kind of compassion toward each other as Jesus had toward humanity when He was here upon this earth. And if we will, the love gifts will be in operation. That is the rule to have the love gifts in operation. We are to follow love and desire spiritual gifts. 
And if we'll have that kind of love for each other, and if we'll reach out with compassion toward each other, recognizing that the healing ministry is one based on compassion, then that power and presence of the living God will be present to heal, deliver, and set people free. I am looking for and longing for the days when people walk in here oppressed by demon spirits, and those spirits have got to check out when they get into this this facility right here because of the power of God that is so mightily demonstrated in this place. I'm longing for the day when our clothes are so saturated with the power and presence of God that after you walk out of this place after a Sunday morning service and you go into the restaurant and somebody comes to wait on you who is afflicted, the power of God will jump off on them and deliver them and set them free and they'll just look at you and say, my goodness, what have you got? That's how God wants us to be. I'm longing for that day. I say, shoot for the stars, beloved. Set your goals up high. What do you say? Amen. It should not be that the devil's work out there is greater than the God that's on the inside of us. The Bible says somewhere, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. The God in us is greater than the power of darkness that is in this world. And beloved, the trick of the enemy and the strategy of the enemy is to keep a body of believers in division, nitpicking, and fault-finding, and criticizing, and judging one another, so we never arrive at that place of glory. Did you know that? It's time for people to set aside all that garbage and say, I want to be full of God. Oh, you might have to be humbled. I want to be full of God. You might have to forgive somebody who has wronged you. I want to be full of God. That doesn't matter. Does it matter to you? It shouldn't matter. If it does, you won't have as much of God on the inside of you and and operating through you. It doesn't matter to me what people say about me. And they've said a lot. Ah, Trust me, but I'm enjoying the glory. I don't know about what you're doing out there. I'm enjoying the glory. Hallelujah. I'm just praising God. Someone recently said to me, your church is going to fall apart. I mean, from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, they read me everything you could possibly imagine and and just went right from A to Z. And I said, well, thank God. I said, may God bless you in all your endeavors. I'm thanking God for the glory in my life, and it doesn't matter what somebody else's opinion of me is. I thank God. I'm serving God. I'm walking with God. I'm glad I didn't quit. I thank God for the fresh oil. I thank God for the anointing. I thank God for His power. I thank God for what He's doing. Hallelujah. That's what I'm going to go on doing. I know about anybody else. I'm enjoying it. Praise God. And I'm going to love them right on to glory. And pray to God that they make it to glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Not going to have any hard feelings or any hurt feelings or anything like that. I've been doing that for 16 years. It's too late to stop now. Amen. Just keep on loving everybody and enjoying the blessings of God. Hallelujah. That's how God wants us to be, beloved. Amen. That's how God wants us to be. And if we'll be that way, we'll have the glory of God manifestation. It'll stay manifested. And if we'll walk that way with compassion toward each other, you'll see a healing, uh, a power of God demonstrated that people won't have to even get laid hands, hands laid on them. Of course, we'll do that if God wants us to do it and continue to do so. But I'm saying they'll walk in and the power of God will be so electrifying, flowing in this place, they'll just get set free right where they sit. Oh, hallelujah. Faith will be, you know, rising in people's hearts. They'll just reach out and take it right where they sit. Glory to God, I got it now. And we've seen that happen. We've had that happen. But it will happen in a greater way. It will increase. Praise God. Now, here's our our text. Our verse. uh, Acts 5 and verse 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. 
And notice again, wherever you see mighty demonstrations of God's power, the people are in one accord. That means they were united together as one, in one heart and one mind in serving God. They were all considering not themselves, but they were considering each other. They were concerned about each other's well-being, and they wanted God to be manifest among them in a powerful way. They wanted the miraculous to continue to operate in them, through them, and among them. And as far as they were concerned, they would do what it took to have that happen. Look at the next verse. And of the rest, there's no man join himself to them, but the people magnified God. And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them with un, which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. You know what that is saying? That is saying that there was such a presence of God's power in manifestation that when these people came together... All it took was the glory of God that was manifested through the believers to come on or upon the people that were there lying on beds or couches and in some cases their deathbeds. And when that power got on them, I mean to tell you, they rose up, every single one of them healed and whole. Can you imagine having that kind of a church meeting, beloved? Bringing people in from all directions? I'm not satisfied with the glory that we have. I'm enjoying this increase of the glory of God, but I'm no way satisfied with what we have right now. When there's a whole lot more to have, you cannot possibly be satisfied. Can you say amen? I want this to be a place that is so ablaze with the Spirit of God, where the glory of God is in such operation and demonstration, beloved, and there is a price to pay to have the power of God telling you there is but it's well worth it praise God so that when people come in from the highways and byways of life and they hear that God is still saving healing delivering and setting people free and if there's no hope out there in the world there is hope in the church of the living God because Jesus is still the same they can come on in praise God and they can get every need of theirs met and be sent on their way back home and let everybody else know about how good God really is Because that's called the evangelization of our planet Earth. That's how it takes place. We want them to know all the words of this life. Amen? Amen. We know they were threatened in the next verse. The high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles. They put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. If two big old angels got a hold of you, looked you eyeball to eyeball and said, I'm telling you, go stand in the sanctuary, go into the church, go into the church building, wherever church you came out of, and stand there and tell all the people all the words of this life, what would you do? I guess I would go. Would you go? Amen. And they did. They were not threatened. I mean, they didn't take heed to the threatenings of the, of the unbelieving clergy. They just rose up and they went forth and said, it's more important that we believe God. And as a result, the power of God was in mighty demonstration among them. And everywhere they went, signs and wonders took place. People were delivered and set free by the power of God. The healing ministry, once again, was the gospel in action. 
And as a result, multitudes were added to the church. Multitudes. Beloved, I'm excited about something here tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about, as time goes on, really evangelizing our community with the healing power of God. Evangelizing our communities with the healing power of God. It's on the inside of me. I want to see how God wants us to put this thing together. But we might just send some teams out, even if it means going door to door and say, can we pray for your sick? And that's all we want to do, pray for your sick. Hallelujah. And just lay hands on them in Jesus' name and let God be God. You know, it's time to let God be God in our, our lives. It's time to let God be God in our communities. It's time to let God be God in our church churches, praise God, and let God manifest Himself like He wants to. In other words, we're going to do our part. God will have to do His. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I preached myself happy tonight. Man, I'm telling you right now, I'm excited about what God's going to do right now. Hallelujah. I'm just on fire. I'd like to have our praisers and musicians come on up here, if you would, please. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.